Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Heidi Hanna. Heidi, are you ready to do this? I'm ready. Excellent. Let's do this. Heidi is a PhD. She is the founder and chief energy officer of Synergy, and she is the director of education at the American Institute of Stress, an organization working on transforming stress through awareness, education, and collaboration. Excited to have you on. Heidi, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, let's see. I am a former stressaholic. Um, <laughs> I grew up with an, anxi- an anxiety condition, actually, uh, that most people haven't heard of before called vasovagal syndrome. So when I was about 12 years old, I actually started fainting when I would get anxious or overwhelmed. And that really led me on an interesting journey to try to figure out why my brain was hijacking me from the life I wanted to live. And so I studied psychology, exercise, physiology, nutrition. Now I've gotten into integrative neuroscience and I've been doing research and teaching elements of stress mastery for about the past 15 years or so. And I will say that it's definitely part of me trying to figure out myself and how I live a healthier, happier, more productive life every single day that, you know, we have so much knowledge and information about what we should be doing, but there's this huge gap between what we know and what we do. And to me, it's really how do we help people bridge that gap and be intentional about how we show up in the moments that matter most to us. So I think both personally and professionally, I feel really blessed that I can do both and be constantly learning and constantly curious about how we can optimize the moments that we have and make it really bring extraordinary energy to those experience, those experiences. Well, I appreciate that very much. It's kind of a big question, but I'm sure you get it all the time. What is stress? Mm, It's one of my favorite questions, actually, (laughs) because I think we have it so wrong. You know, I think that we use this term stress to basically mean anything that's wrong. Um, We when people ask how we're doing, we tend to say, well, I'm busy, I'm stressed, I'm tired. But stress is really just energy that we experience and it's information that can help us. So the way I like to define stress for people is it's what happens when demand exceeds capacity. And so you could think about that physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, socially, you know, we have a certain amount of capacity in any given moment. And if we don't have enough for what's being expected of us, whether it's by other people or by ourselves, we have to have an increased surge of energy to help us to kind of get through that time frame. So in the acute term, in the short term, that's really helpful. And we have these stress hormones that act in our body and even our brain will think differently and react differently to circumstances based on this stress experience that we're having in the moment. And when we can fix it or I guess, run away from it effectively, which we don't usually do very well. But, you know, if we can kind of take care of business, then stress energy has just helped us to do that. It's made us stronger. Our focus and attention is better. Our immune function is better. We can problem solve effectively. But the challenge is that most of the stress we deal with is not 
that the building is on fire. It's not that there's a car swerving into our lane. It's that every day we feel like we don't have enough or that we're not enough. Every morning we wake up feeling like there's not enough time to get it all done. And certainly with finances, you know, whether it's true or not, most of us feel like, we don't have enough and we're never going to have enough. Um, and so we find ourselves hustling all the time. And while I'm a fan of the hustle, we can't hustle 24 seven. So when we get stuck in these chronic stress patterns, that's where we see the total opposite effect. We, you know, our immune function goes down, our focus and attention goes down. We're irritable, we're aggressive, our health pays a toll. We have inflammation and, and we know through research that 75 to 90% of all medical visits are actually stress related somehow. And yet, because this conversation hasn't happened enough, we're kind of being told, well, you have a stress problem, go fix it, you know, or here's a thousand and one ways to fix your stress, which is totally stressful. So <laughs> what, what we're trying to do in this conversation is really help people understand stress is not good or bad. It's there to help you. If you can learn from it and actually understand why it's there and what it's trying to tell you, you can master your stress. You can actually use it to fuel positive change. And there's some simple steps people can go go through to do that, to really identify what's happening, to take action in some way, even it's, if it's imperfect. Um, but it's really that mobilizing the energy of stress that's that's important so it doesn't get stuck and trapped and embodied and cause us these long-term problems. Wow. I think that's an awesome answer to uh, what you called a very good question, and, 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 and I will take it. Um, so, I think that a lot of people who are listening, myself included, was kind of surprised to hear that stress is neither a good nor bad thing. It's all in how we sort of manage it and or mobilize it rather. So what are those simple steps? Yeah. So I think the first thing is just to understand that we all have a unique relationship with stress. So one of the things that I've done is I put together a stress 360 survey and a stress 360 assessment. And these are pretty easy for people to just kind of take. And there's different levels of that. So let's say the stress 360 survey, which is just 40 questions about your lifestyle, or even I can ask someone basic questions like, you know, how's your, how are you sleeping? How are you eating? How often are you moving? Do you have good social connections? Do you feel like you have meaning and purpose in your life? I mean, a lot of these kind of big questions that we, I guess, think about if we're forced to at a workshop, but on a day-to-day -day basis, we're not really thinking about that. If there's a gap, if, if we don't have the energy we need for the time that we have, then something needs to change. So doing a simple assessment and, and the one I'm mentioning, people can go to my, uh, my 360com and it's just a free survey, gives you a score, gives you some insight essentially on, you know, from a lifestyle perspective, here's the things that aren't going so well and here's the areas you need to make an adjustment. But I will tell you that most often people already know these things. So one of the easiest things to do is just look at the timeline of your day and look and see if you are oscillating, meaning is there a pattern? Is there a pulse? Is there a rhythm? Is there an up and down nature to your day? Or are you flatlining? And most people are flatlining, meaning they get up and they go and go and go and go until they crash or they can't sleep at night because they're tired and wired. Everything about the human system is supposed to have a pulse, a beat, a rhythm, an oscillation. So if you were to look up at that, when are you investing in your own energy first thing in the morning, for example? Most people check their email, read the news, watch, you know, watch TV. They're 
they're spending energy because they're already having to fight off the demands of their day before they're investing in themselves by doing something nourishing or recharging. So you can look at these kind of five times during the day. What do you do first thing in the morning? What do you do right before you go to bed? And then when and how do you eat, move, and take breaks? And are these things that you're building into a pattern of the course of your day so that you've got time where you're just recharging your own battery? Um, and I would say for most people, the, the most important ones are the bookends of your day. It's what you do first thing in the morning and right before you go to bed because those are really priming your brain to be able to show up in the state that you want. So if, if there was going to be kind of a a one, just one thing from this, it would be, you know, do you have a morning routine that's helping to prime your brain to be in an optimal state so that you have more capacity? So to take this back to stress, what we're talking about is you can't always control the demands, but you can impact your capacity by nourishing yourself, recharging your own battery, doing something that connects you with what matters most to you, and then make sure you do that again before you go to bed. Because while you're sleeping and your brain is processing all that information is a really critical time for you to recharge so that you wake up feeling better. And I'm sure you know, and, and everyone listening knows we have a massive sleep epidemic because we're flatlining all day. It's not just that we're thinking too much when we try to go to bed, but that all day long we're running on stress hormones that are keeping us activated while we sleep because the only reason we wouldn't be taking breaks during the day is because there's actually an emergency. Our nervous system doesn't know that we're doing this by choice. It thinks that we have to literally be attached to our phones 24-7. So we have to create patterns of oscillation by taking breaks, recharging our own battery so that our nervous system cannot be on edge all the time. And that's going to dramatically change our stress experience. Well, I appreciate that. So examples of routines that nourish or breaks that nourish they could be taking a walk meditating mm -hmm. exercising what what are, are those pretty common yeah i think those are really good ones um i use what i call my high five every day so there's five things i like to do every day which are movement meditation mirth which is another word for humor which happens to be one of my favorite <laughs> recharge strategies and i should say very scientifically validated so finding things funny whether you laugh or not puts the brain into an optimal state. It actually creates gamma wave patterns, which are really relaxing and soothing to our system. Um, it also helps us to be more flexible and problem solve more effectively and have better communication. So humor is a whole nother topic for another time. But I would suggest that people think about, are you getting healthy humor into your day? Because it's a good strategy. Uh, music is another one that's really impactful and can really calm our nervous system down without a lot of thought to it. So it's just a simple thing. We can kind of plug in and use music. Um, and it could just be traditional music or it could be things like binaural beats or sound that's been created to be calming. Listening to ocean waves crashing can also be very soothing. And then massage. So that could be actually getting a physical massage, um, taking a hot bath, sitting in a hot tub. Uh, I actually do something called electrotherapy, which is like giving your brain a massage with a really, really low level frequency of current that can put the brain into an alpha state. Um, and then there's things like essential oils, time in nature, time with animals. And if you look at what all of these have in common, they're all different patterns. They're all 
energy patterns, not in a, you know, woo woo out there kind of way, but like legitimate patterns that we can see that are more calming to our nervous system that allow us to slow down and recharge. The key is if you don't put it in your calendar and you don't make it as important as everything else you're doing, you're not going to do it anyway. So it goes back to that gap between what we know and what we do has to be a priority. We have to really believe that by recharging ourselves and bringing better energy to the time that we have, we're going to get more done more effectively and we're going to be healthier and happier as a nice side effect. Appreciate that. <laughs> Is there an amount of time that, that throughout the course of the day, or maybe I'll take a step back, how often I, I should be breaking up my, my working into taking a break mm-hmm. and how long should those breaks be? Yeah, I think that, you know, if we if we look at all the components of it, so I always try to go back to kind of what does the research tell us and what does common sense tell us? And sometimes they're the same and sometimes they're different. Um, research shows that about 20 minutes, let's say, of meditation seems to be most effective. But it also shows that three to five minutes can be very helpful. And even 30 seconds of mindful breathing can be helpful. So it's kind of like, how much is helpful? How much is necessary? I think there's proactive training. So if you're going to train your nervous system to calm down more effectively, I think like a 20 minute deep breathing meditation practice, um, you know, going for a walk and spending at least 20 minutes walking, spending time in nature, like 20 minutes is a good amount of time where you're really investing in something and staying there for a minute. Whereas the more reactive strategies that can help recharge as long as your tank has been filled at some point could be listening to one song or smelling some essential oils for a minute um, or watching a funny video for two to three minutes. I mean, those shorter sessions can help kind of tap off our energy tank as long as there's something in it to begin with. But similarly, how fast are you going? How much stress do you have? How much demand are you placing on yourself? So I do think that this is where it gets to be a little bit personalized. And I would say if I were going to put together a template for somebody and and maybe what would be an ideal day for most people, 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the evening for that prime time with three to five minute breaks every hour would be ideal, knowing that as your demand or your capacity decreases, like in the afternoon, you might need to do that more often. You know, a 30 minute sprint of work followed by two minutes of stretching is probably more effective in the afternoon than trying to sit for two hours and focus on something. Again, common sense stuff, but most people, it's not common practice yet. On the flip side, I can say that for me, my best days, I spend 90 minutes or more in just getting my brain into an optimal state. And that's meditating and exercising and doing some prayer. You know, I've got this whole routine down that to me is prime time. And when I do that, I'm so much more effective. I'm so much more myself. And it's like, I'm the, I'm the self that I want to be. I'm not the same self that gets up and, you know, hustles my way through the day, putting out fires all day long and exhausted at the end of the day, wondering if I actually accomplished anything. It's like, I'm intentional. I'm focused. I'm my best self. And I think everybody wins when we do that. So we can't just focus on the time we're taking and someone saying, oh, well, that's real. That's ridiculous. I could never spend 90 minutes doing something just for myself. My question would be, you know, is it just for myself or is it the energy that I carry with me throughout the day? 
And how important is that to us? Because I will say time without energy is void of value. We've all spent time places and not had energy when we've been there. And we don't get anything and the other people don't get anything either. Sometimes less time with more energy is where we really get a great return. I agree with that 100%. And as I'm listening, you know, I, I can think of times in my life, certainly, where where I burn the candle at both ends and I'm not taking the time to do these things. And we could probably all point to people we know Either that we know today or, or or we've known in the past that maybe they they place a lot of value on being able to to work 24 hours a day and and they're not mindful and but in reality if they were to practice this or to recognize that that they're going to burn out they'd probably be way more effective right right and i think it's hard you know it's hard to proactively anticipate where we're going it's why so many people have to have a breakdown before they have a breakthrough it's unfortunate it's just the reality and i think what happens is the more you kind of go through that and you start to embed some of these you know common sense things and you're like okay now this isn't just information i'm going to practice this i'm going to proactively know that to be my best self, I got to just start plugging this stuff in. You can keep yourself. So you may still hit the bumps in the road. You still are going to experience stress. I mean, certainly today has gone so wonky. I can't even tell. It's like sometimes you just have to laugh and say, <laughs> if you're going to be a stress expert, you're going to have to practice this stuff, you For know, sure. and life is life is going to call on you sometimes unexpectedly and say, well, how are you going to show up now, sister? So <laughs> I'm good with that. But I proactively know that I'm doing what I need to do to to be in the best state possible. There's also seasons of life where things aren't ideal and you have to have a plan B or C or whatever it might be. You know, when I can't get my 90 minute routine in, I've got a really good 20 minute one. But I got to tell you, there's not many days even with an early morning flight that I'm not going to at least spend 20 minutes doing what I know I need to do to show up in the best state I can. And I think most people just haven't made that mental mindset shift to say, this is as important as anything else. The state of my brain is just as important as anything else I do today because it's going to impact everything that I do. So to me, that's really what, you know, stress is. Stress is what happens when we don't have the capacity to deal with the demand. And a lot of that is our real physical capacity. A lot of it is our mental mindset capacity. And these are all things that we know that we can train through concepts like brain training, brain fitness. You know, what are you teaching your brain? What are you telling your brain? And really prioritizing that. And I would say the best way to do that is to have some sort of accountability. So a friend, a colleague, a family member, a child, a spouse, whoever it is, where you make the commitment to them, they can make a commitment to you because it's very easy to push what we call self-care off to the side because it feels like it's selfish. But when we're committing to show up as our best self for someone else and now we realize that in order to do that, we have to take this step, whether it's meditating or exercising or getting massage or whatever it might be, we're going to commit to do that because the person we get to be for the people that we care about most is going to be a better person. And we start making those patterns and creating that new mindset, then it becomes so much easier to do that. And then, then there's a ripple effect too, right? To the people around us when we can start modeling that it's important to take care of ourselves. I love it. Well, Heidi, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? All right. My tip 
is that your energy is your most valuable resource. And so you've got to think about how you're investing. So if there's one thing you could do right now to recharge your own battery, your own battery, I would invite you to do that. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Heidi, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? So people can find me at HeidiHanna.com. That's probably the easiest place. And we've got a lot of resources. As I mentioned, the Stress 360 Assessment. We've got a recharge toolkit. Lots of different things that can help you actually practice what we're talking about here to train your brain to master stress. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Heidi your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to HeidiHanna.com. Check out all the great resources that she has, and I'll list that in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Heidi. Thank you. Have a great day. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about How do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!